Headphones on, let's do this. Hey, do you know of a, uh, a podcast I could listen to that has nerd and comic books and stuff? I really can't find one. I say, you ever heard of the Nerd Dumb Podcast? Everybody. Welcome to the Nerd Dome Podcast, episode 242. I'm your podcaster without fear, Luke, and today I'm joined with Ryab. Hi. Uncanny Ryab. Hello. Watching Andrew. trailers. <laughs> and I am the alliterative Andrew from Valiety Studios. And classic Chris Hoffman from also from Valiety Studios. <laughs> That's a coincidence. Uh, Hey! Whoa. <laughs> Fancy you both being having that. Who'd have thunk it? Um, so how you guys been? I know it's been a minute since I've been on, but uh, you guys did a great episode that ended on <laughs> such a cliffhanger that <laughs> our listeners were like, and then what? And then what? <laughs> yeah. Mid-sentence. Yeah. It was too much. All the equipment blew up. Yep. And was- that's what took so long to get back in here is you fixing it. The government <laughs> shut it down. Yeah, <laughs> they said too many <laughs> I declare this podcast too awesome. Uh, and I, I did throw in the the fart sound effect. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I had to go through like thirty or forty to find the right tone. Right. But I feel like I did fart, okay. Right, yeah. like Anakin yeah, picking put, a speeder. Yep, and then you yep. you finally like had to record your own. So then you had to get yeah. your mic out and. Go to mm-hmm. PF Chang's for lunch. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I I watched that um that Lucasfilm documentary about the guy getting the sound for the Tie Fighters, and I felt inspired. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Renting the Foley uh, guy though for it was a bit much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was an acceptable worth every penny. Cost. Yep, yeah, acceptable. Um, so I went and saw uh, Napoleon. With Napoleon, uh, um, was it so good ice cream? It was it was fantastic ice cream. <laughs> um, but so it was it was a really good movie. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was Joaquin Phoenix. Like he did nothing. To, he just like there was no French accent. There was no even like any kind of accent. He was just Joaquin Phoenix, which I kind of appreciate a little bit. Because all of the other French people in that movie spoke with British accents. And I'm like, really, guys? Like, I'm very Picard. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were. But listen, Patrick Stewart gets away with it because he's fucking Patrick Stewart. <laughs> but I was like, really? Not, not one not one extra could speak with a, a, a French accent? I was like, come on, Ridley Scott. You're better than this. Have you he's seen a British. movie that takes place in France, the made by Americans? Um, what was it? The uh, man in the iron mask. There's like two people in the whole movie, tr- even attempting a French pronunciation of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what well, the Kevin Costner 
I'm yeah. Robin Hood. Yeah. From that, Cincinnati. Yeah. The opposite of that is when a movie is by Luc Besson and I don't know it. Like I was watching Lucy and I had mm-hmm. no idea it was him. And it's the movie's going along and then all of a sudden Interpol is involved. And then like the best cop in the entire world is from France. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bullshit. There's no way. <laughs> then I get to the credits and it's like, oh, that's why. <laughs> Oh, the French have best police. It was like cool. And but the other thing is, it's like as Americans, we will believe anything from people if it's in a British accent. As far as theater is concerned, that's mm-hmm. like what we see. It's like, oh, obviously. It, I mean, even if it's an American story, it has to be British people doing it. Have, have you, know you I mean? have you seen a movie about Rome that doesn't have British accents in it? Yeah. Can you imagine a Rome it, movie where they're like, "What's the matter, you?" You know, what I mean? like that's the. <laughs> That would be the that's the best Italian like oh, Super Mario style right? accents. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Instead of that is that you've got uh, yeah the Super Mario movie where Chris Pat couldn't be bothered. It's like could we switch mm. these people? Right. They're all doing they're they're in the wrong place. Put the put them in each side and then maybe they mm. do better. I don't know. And, a better story. Yeah. It's 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 one of those things where I, I was talking with my brother about it that um, there's actors out there that like that's them. Mm. That's their voice. That's the way they act. My prime example of that is Denzel Washington. Mm. D- but you believe it, right? You believe Denzel's an inner city cop. You believe that he works for the UN. You believe that he's a submarine captain. Like, But he's still the exact same guy in every single movie. Sam Jackson's kind of there, too. Sam Jackson, Sam Jackson in most movies. Um, but... I guess Known that's kind of, you know what you you know what you're going to get yeah. right. Sean Connery, yes, oh, yeah. he is also a Russian submarine captain. <laughs> sure, yeah. God sure. bless Sam Neill for doing the Russian <laughs> accent. Yeah. And Tim Curry, <laughs> yeah, Tim right? Curry did a great one too. Like everybody else, no, nope, not uh, not Sean Connery. He's fucking Sean Connery, and you're going to have to just deal with that. Patrick Stewart, another one. Um, mm-hmm. He he's just Patrick Stewart and in everything but so that's that's the approach that joaquin phoenix was doing like and i appreciate that over like the kevin costner where you're trying but it's just really bad maybe just don't and just roll with it and i can i can push through it but but when everybody else was speaking with a british accent to him and then he's replying as you know joaquin phoenix i was like huh okay you know it just took it took a second but Mm -hmm. Um, no, it was really good. Like the action sequences were awesome. They did the, the battle of battle of Waterloo, which was awesome. And a Ridley Scott does those things very well. The big and historical they, battles. They played the ABBA song over it. But anyway, Napoleon was good. All right. So um, <laughs> <laughs> such a transition. <laughs> so was John Heater in it though? No, no, I was expecting him to be, but he yeah, was Yeah, he was going to be a, uh, uh, what is it, an artillery guy. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, One of the cannoneers, I think. Yeah. Gosh, you just want to fire the cannon. <laughs> what's, what's like old 1700s versions of tater tots that they could put in their waistcoat? Oh, right. I've got, I've got bayonet skills. I've got guillotine <laughs> skills. <laughs> Yeah. He's a musketeer. Yeah. <laughs> Just a freaking musketeer. Gosh. 
all right. So I don't know why, but there was just a flurry of trailers that came out this weekend. Um, it's it's as if they need to ramp up to sell tickets to these movies or something. Like there was a pause. Um, <laughs> so first, uh, we have the trailer for the Fallout series from Amazon. You what do you guys about think? that last time? Did you? Bit. Okay, a little bit. Not the trailer. The trailer was not yet. Yeah, Fallout. It looks amazing. I'm I'm so excited. Those. Uh, I've been reading a little bit online where people are like, oh, that wouldn't have been the, you know, the suits of armor. Like they wouldn't have been, they, they still should have been in their bunker, you know? And it's like, ah, mm. shut up. We're getting a fallout <laughs> show. Like for real, this is the nitpicking. You Watch mm. it a little bit first. You know, we might be getting like the coolest thing ever. Mm. Um, and uh, it's always, it's fine if they change the story as long as it's better. You know what I mean? Say right, that all the right. time. If it's better, great. You know, uh, you don't have to be a slave to the uh, to the um, to the material. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. anyway, and that's that's what I think is good about like the Bethesda games like that is every playthrough for somebody is completely different, yeah. right? You can do whatever you want. Like I could I could play all the way through Fallout and never touch one of the storylines at all. That's right. just the way I played it, right? Mm-hmm. Same with like Skyrim and like any of those ones. So I think that being adapted to a TV show is great because they always have that. It was like, okay, well, this is this is this story, guys. Relax. Yep. I saw the griping about like the uh the cowboy, the um Gosh, I can't even remember what they're called now. The um, the zombie uh, dudes that um, uh, and you go to Megaton. It's like it's Megaton. Mm-hmm. Like that's so mm-hmm. amazing. That was the coolest thing when you start that game and then you walk into town. Uh, hopefully, they just they made that experience through the one character. Like it's it's going to be rough, like you said, because you had your own experience and now mm-hmm. you're going to have a character doing the things that that you did. But I think that's going to be fun because there'll be parts where you'll be like, oh, I remember doing that. You know what I mean? That exact thing. That was like the conversation I had with that character. Uh, And there will be other ones where you're like, uh, where they will hopefully subvert your expectations and be like, oh, Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of it going that way. This So I'm excited about it. I'm a fan. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to go into it with a better (laughs) attitude than I usually do with things. Is this is this a a (laughs) is this a show that when it comes out that uh, Chris will be like I watched it this week I'll actually watch it yeah (laughs) I'll be two I'll be two episodes behind but yeah I will I will watch it for sure I I did like the the beginning of the trailer when they said from the studio that brought you the boys and free two day shipping (laughs) I was like okay all right we'll we'll play to Amazon Mm. Ryan what do you think. I am. I think it looks very good. I am very excited for it. I just hope that the dog is not in as much peril as he was when I was playing the game, because that will make just, me stressed out in a movie. <laughs> my wife said the exact same thing. She's like, "Oh, oh," because she was excited because she loves the dog, yeah, but she yeah. was like, "No, no." It's like it's like Eagly from uh, Peacemaker. Yes, yes, I do. Ryan I mean, sends me Ryan <laughs> sends me a message. Don't tell me what happens, but is Eagly okay? I need to know. <laughs> I need to know if Eagly dies. Because <laughs> I'm turning it off. I have to Google. I when I'm at the point where I have to Google if like the pet dies before I start watching a movie so I can be prepared. <laughs> Listen, that needs John to be a Twitter Wick account. Got you in that first act. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen John Wick because of that. 
Ryan, there you go. That needs to be a, a Twitter account that you make that is just does the pet die in upcoming movies? Mm-hmm. And yes, no. All it is is the title and then a yes or a no. Followers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Millions. You would get millions. <laughs> yeah. So very excited to watch it, though. Good. Andrew, you have thoughts? No? No thoughts? No, I, I haven't seen the trailer, and the last Fallout oh, okay. game I played was Fallout 2. I think it was a CD-ROM game. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, the first well, two Fallouts have nothing to do with the rest of them? Aren't they, like, unique? Yeah. No? I, th- I think I think it is. The second that... one, you were in, in a vault well, all... with a little community yep. and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, they all take place you know, in the same... Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, a bunch of the sound effects and stuff from the original games are in Fallout 3. Like, it's a, it was a really, really good recreation of... of uh, of taking stuff that was really fun from the original games and mm-hmm. then taking it into a new con- uh, new console. It was like, uh, it was the perfect game f- for that time and uh, and the sales show and everybody who loves it. I mean, that was hours and hours of playing that game, exploring. They did such a good job with everything and uh, point and clicks were just kind of done at that point. You weren't going to do that on a console. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. I I was excited seeing because my favorite Fallout game was New Vegas. Mm-hmm. I loved Fallout New Vegas. So seeing like the deserts and like the West Coast and the cowboy guys, I'm like, yeah, I want to see the the new California Republic and and the Rangers and stuff like that. That was always my favorite part of the Fallout stuff. Yeah. You see, like you know, that some of the the armor, like the Brotherhood of Steel, and all that stuff. So I'm like, I want Fallout, New Vegas, Fallout Three, Fallout Four, just amalgam a movie for each of them. One thing, oh. no, just all oh. of it in in this in this show. Just take a little bit from here, take a little bit from there. You know, the timeline. That's what people will complain about, but just whatever. Mm-hmm. Just make it good, make it awesome, and yeah. Uh, so the next one was the boys for the new season. What mm-hmm. do you guys think? This I is have... the last season of the boys. Have they announced that? I do not know, but tell me your thoughts and I will look it up. Oh, uh, looks good. I, I mean, I've liked every season up until this point. They've done a good job of translating the spirit of the comic without necessarily translating it exactly the uh, page for page, which is for the best. The some things have changed and grown since then, and so we want to stay away from some of that. When was the boys written? The comic, early two thousands, I think. Yeah. Uh, let me. That's an excellent question. I was just curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't read this one from the beginning. Mm. The comics. I got into it later. I've only seen the first season and it I didn't love it enough to go back. I, I can't is- watch that show. <laughs> I love the show, but it makes me so anxious and I would watch it before mm. bed. And oh, then I, no. yeah. and I was like, I can't take it. And it's, it did it. I think that show does what the first season of game of Thrones did really well, which is playing off of like, uh, it being a chessboard 
where people are putting their pieces like information is really important. Putting people in mm-hmm. certain situations is important and then punctuated by just insane violence and chase scenes. Right. And so there was always something you're anxious about was like, oh, are they going to find is Homeland going to find out what they're doing is uh, and then they twist the table on you, pull the rug out from you completely. And everything you were worried about doesn't matter anymore. There's a whole new, bigger thing to worry about. And yeah, like you said, the TV show was able to take all of that content from from the boys and then say, well, you know what, there's uh, and translate it. You, uh, there's very few comic books that are a one to one that will be good as a one to one, like just using the comic as a as a storyboard. It's generally going to be too long. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. I think the one that I think was closest like that was uh, Sin City. Sin City, for sure. I think that was probably the closest panel to panel to screen that I've seen. It fits on that side of the spectrum where it's like closer mm. to the to staying closer to material was a good thing for him. I think V for, right. Ven- v for Vendetta is the same thing where mm-hmm. it was like basically written. A lot of it was written for it. it. It's not as good as the comic book, but that movie is better for following more of the book than it than it didn't. If that mm. makes sense, because uh, as much as I want huge success for the Warshawskis and great for successful trans people, uh, they uh, just don't make very good movies. The Matrix was was really good, and that's because someone else wrote it. <laughs> they and, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, um, I like I like Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> oh, for, for real! I didn't see that one. Oh my god! I sat through that. <laughs> And every minute wondered why I was still watching it. And then it became a thing where it was like, well, now I'm going to get through it. That is such, mm-hmm. that is an endurance test for me. Um, I just did look it up. Uh, they confirmed that season four will not be the last. And mm-hmm. they also have a Gen V season two on the way as well. So, um, but yeah, no, it, it, the, the trailer to me looked, looked great. I was like, it's, it's more of the boys. Like it looks more of the same. The guy, the actor that plays Homelander just nails it. He just nails it. Like that level of creepy, <laughs> but also like it's it's that meme where it says, you know, what America thinks it is. And it was Superman. And there's a, what America really is. And it was Homelander. And uh, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, pre- it's pretty accurate there. Um, <laughs> um, so next we had Furiosa. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Got it's got magic and and old man Thor. <laughs> Thor with a funny nose. <laughs> funny nose Thor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like Anya Taylor Joy, and I really liked the character of Furiosa in the in Fury Road. So I'm very I'm excited for it. It's, it looks like it's the Furiosa origin story, so it's like a prequel to. Road, I assume mm-hmm. from the trailer, um, but yeah, I really like her, and and Chris Hemsworth's pretty good. So <laughs> he's just, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> when when they first popped up, I said, "Oh, that's Chris Hemsworth." Well, I was like, "I don't know," and I just started making like shoulder. I'm like, "No, it's him!" Like, look, I've seen that guy's like <laughs> shoulders and arms in so many movies. Now I was like, I can spot that out better than his face at this point. Well, that's Thor arms that, right there. Yeah, that that makeup was very much a, a old man Thor. Like he looks mm-hmm. like old man Thor to me. All father Thor just needs mm-hmm. an eye patch. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, what? I am. I don't. <laughs> so I'm gonna now. I'm I'm back to my I don't get it things. <laughs> I don't understand the love for the last Mad Max movie. I, um, I'm I am all on this with you, Chris. Okay. Actually, <laughs> I I feel like, I feel like I don't want to admit it in front of people. You know what I mean? Because it's like what the deep blood bag. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel from my point of view, I'm sitting in a movie theater where everyone else is rubbing peanut butter all over their skin <laughs> and just loving it. And me being like, I don't understand why we're doing this. I'm, I will take my oh leave my of this right now because that, that movie is like, if you boil it down, it is they, they drive down the road and then they drive back. It is. It is like I. I don't. I. I'm glad people love it. I love the old Mad Max stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why this one is. Why that one got so much love, but cool. You know what I mean. But so now, you know how I feel about prequels. They're never good. There is. <laughs> there's no good prequels. There's one. We talked about this, and so <laughs> it, it comes down again. Like I hope she's okay by the end of the movie. You know what I mean. It's like. <laughs> Right. Um, so, but there are good there are good ones of those. You you add another character mm-hmm. to it who's not in the other movies, and that's the person you worry about. And she's the and she's also worried about that person in the movie, so that you're uh, you have a connection to it and her, and then it makes the next movie better. I just don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to spend a lot of time learning the wrong lessons from the last movie, where it's like, oh, these amazing shots where people are like uh, more desert chasing. Yeah, and fine, you. <laughs> You know, but then it's also Fast and the Furious. It's a lot like that, right? You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, yeah, I think I keep I, I keep saying cool, but I, that are, people like it, but I don't understand. I don't understand. See, maybe I, I'm just getting old. <laughs> I remember I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it probably about a year. Like I saw it right before I went and saw Last Jedi. So, like the comparisons of Last Jedi of them spending sixty percent of the movie in space running away. From them, and I was like, I want. I just watched this. Right, it's Mad Max. They're just driving through the desert. I mean, in Mad Max, it's true. It's true. It's true. And like again, I I don't dislike it. Like I didn't dislike it, but I was just like, okay, that was fun. But then, like these people were some of these (laughs) these people that love the movie. They really loved it. And like, listen, I'm all on board that you love that, but I I just don't. I don't get it. Like, it's not bad. Same thing yeah. when uh, uh, Avatar, the first Avatar movie came yeah. out and everyone was like, it's the greatest thing. I was like, it was good. I don't, it wasn't life changing. You didn't like Fern okay. Gully either. Listen, <laughs> don't you dare talk about Fern Gully like that. <laughs> Andrew, what are your thoughts? Oh, well, um, it looks fine. <laughs> Uh, it looks like Mad Max. Yeah, I mean, it. it, it Hold it, on, it, wait a minute. We pull his mask off, and it's Charles. <laughs> it was fine. Well, well I, okay, so I'm kind of in the same boat as Chris when it comes to prequels, and so uh, I always ask myself when when I approach a movie like this: is the I ask myself, is this a story that needs to be told? Like, is this, is this adding to the mythology? Is this adding to it? Is this what we're hoping for, for this character? Or is it, we just figure out how they got all their stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's it's a can, things and stuff movie. You you can you can do this right and have it be a character driven thing, or you can be a how a character got his stuff movie. Mm. And so I'm afraid that it's a character gets his stuff movie because it's yeah. how she gets her war rig and how she gets her robot arm or whatever. And mm. yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I like Fury Road. Um, so I don't. I mean, I'll probably end up seeing this, but I don't know if I'm going to go mm-hmm. to the theater to see it. It's like mm. it, fine. Like I like this. Yep. You know what? But I mean, it's in the it's in the hands of the mastermind right. director, uh, George Miller. You know, uh, uh, director of Happy Feet and Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> so I mean, like mastermind <laughs> cinema <laughs> or tour, <laughs> the Babe sequel. Um, so. Um, you guys talked about and the, the section, I'm sorry, and the section of Twilight Zone that didn't murder people. Mm. You know, always good. He directed the um, uh, the twenty the Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet segment in the Twilight Zone mm. movie, which is a good um, segment. Yeah, John Lithgow mm-hmm. acts the yeah. shit out of that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you guys talked about uh, Madam Web last week, and I wanted to insert my my thoughts here on that. A, I didn't. I actively on a weekly basis, look for things to talk about on this show. I had no idea this movie was coming. <laughs> I, that tells you like, and I saw it. And when I watched the trailer, I said, who asked for this movie? And then I said, just make a spider woman movie. You cowards. <laughs> I think those were the first two words, or the first two statements out of my mouth. After I finished that, uh, after I was got over the shock of not knowing that this movie was coming. Again, because like it's been eight years of just actively going on and making sure I'm on top of things, and this one, pun intended, slipped through the web. Um, <laughs> Luke, why yes. do you hate women? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> but when I saw it, I was like, I was like, just just make a Spider Woman movie. I would be so so into this just i was like they kind cowards. of are with this they're just not yeah. committing to the name two spider-man right. women movies right, right. there's two of them in it three i think three Rad. <laughs> and i'm like cool awesome just make a spider women movie and have all three of them i was like madam webb is so obscure to like i mean she's not obscure but like to i guess the mainstream out there I wonder if they have Sony has like a list, like somewhere there's like they uh, they own the rights to the spider characters, right? Yeah, and there's a list. Stegron, everybody's that? favorite, everybody's favorite character, like Stegron. Stegron, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they they sit there and they look at this and they're like, and they're throwing darts. They're like, well, which one can we do next? I love. Th- I think I talked about this last time, but I thought of a better analogy is that all of these Spider-Man movies that are coming out without Spider-Man in it, it's like having like someone telling you that they have a secret boyfriend. Like, you haven't met him. They're in Canada. I have a I, I have I have a boyfriend, but you they go to another school, you know. Well, when do we get to meet Spider-Man? Oh, I, 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 he's busy. He yeah, things yeah. He's just, you know. So many things going on. It's like on the right Marvel now. TV shows. Yes, but he's right. your boyfriend. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're serious. We, yeah, it's us. See, like this. Now, you know. But yeah. I'm as I think back of all of those non-Spider-Man Spider movies, I thought the same thing. Who asked for this? Who was like, I really want a Morbius movie? Wasn't it Morbin time? I suppose it wasn't. 
<laughs> no, it was not. It was in fact not. Just like it's not going to be Craven time either. Again, another one where I was like, I, 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 who want like okay? I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Optimistically, optimistically, uh, or what is it? Um, brain fart. Anyway, They're, by by their track record, no. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But like I said. Yeah. One of these will hit. They're just going to keep making them, and they're just like, ha, ha, ha. You keep hucking darts at the dartboard. One of them's going to hit the bullseye at some point, and there will be no stopping them patting themselves on the back. <laughs> you know, They'll make six more of it. But also, like, if you, if one hit all of a sudden, like, say, let's, let's live in a fantasy world, right, where Morbius was wonderful. Like, it's like... They they looked the MCU looked over at it and was like God why can't we we've lost all our magic they took it all into this movie could you imagine like what it would be like to have another billion dollar franchise just on your hands just a Morbius mm-hmm. franchise that works without Spider Man in it at all and uh, that's what they're they're going for <laughs> I can understand the allure of wanting to do this but they're not doing a good job of it any, no. at any time. Yeah, just wait till the Spencer Smythe movie comes out um, <laughs> with Spider Slayers with no Spider-Man. <laughs> it'll happen. All right. Um, it'll be like it'll be like a they'll be like Transformers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the director of Madam Wahlberg Web was the, as, as was Spencer Smythe. <laughs> the director of the Madam Web movie is the director of the first two episodes of Jessica Jones, which were like the like a short film class you could show that in a film class sj sj clarkson okay and so like but she also did at least a couple episodes of the defenders so you know there's like (laughs) sir sir it was a masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, you're like let's let's, i'm i'm with her on this one this is gonna be great do it do it. Okay. I would okay. love nothing more than one of these to be amazing. Okay, Ryan. Yes. House of the Dragon, season two. Um, that was did very short. Every did you forget everything that happened no. in season one? No, I'm, I did. Was, <laughs> I have two I episodes did. left. I was always <laughs> lukewarm on on season one. I didn't I didn't love it, and so I'm not like stoked about this. Um, it's right. fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'll watch it cause my mom's going to want to watch it. My mom really likes the Game of Thrones stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll watch it with her, but I, otherwise I might not have watched it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's looks fine. It looks just like more of the same. The same. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the ver- the first time I got Ryan to watch Game of Thrones. Oh, it was yeah. the end of the first episode. And he goes, you didn't tell me there was magic. <laughs> I honestly thought it was just like a medieval political drama. <laughs> like I was like. <laughs> I was like, the White dragons? Walker. Dragons? <laughs> and then he was on. For, for me, for me, for House of the Dragon, it's the stuff. House of the dragon is the stuff that I didn't like about Game of Thrones, <laughs> which, you know, the court intrigue and the infighting and the, I was like, where's the big bearded guy who's drinking stuff and hitting things with hammers, which if you've played D and D with me ever, you know, that's <laughs> right down my alley. Um, but so, I mean, I didn't, again, I, I didn't dislike it, but it took away. There wasn't, there wasn't that 
like the like the the Tyrion or or like the funny like I guess, not even funny just the, like the adventurous part. I guess that's what it is. It's like there's no yeah, there's not adventure. Happening. That's true. So I think that's what's I'm hoping in season two. Maybe I get a little more adventure. Yeah. What do you guys think? I didn't I, I didn't see this, but the 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 original shows and stuff, you could tell that uh Martin spun up so many strings of stories that there was just no way he was gonna be able to tie them all back together. Mm. Um sending the characters all out into the into the world and it and then you go back to where like Song of Fire and I started where the story was the most interesting, right? Where the king died and all of a sudden everybody's fighting for the throne. That's where you start. You go back mm-hmm. before that, then it's like, oh, intri- uh, uh, whatever. You know, it's the same problem with prequels. Um, and it's the same problem that the prequel, the Star Wars prequels had. Uh, Game of Thrones is missing that Tyrion character where it is the the person everyone underestimates. And it's really interesting to figure out because he can't just smash things and get his way. He has to do it uh, other ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where Star Wars had the Han Solo character that was the uh, the rogue, the adventurer. You know what I mean? They didn't have that sort of element in, in the prequels. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's missing it in both. You could tell where it was like, this is something I loved so much about it. And they were like, well, we got rid of that part. And now have this thing, have, have your... Uh, have your pie with no ice cream. And it was like, Oh, but I really liked the ice cream with it. (laughs) It made it a lot better. Right. Does knowing season two uh, is on the way. Andrew, make you want to finish the last two episodes. Are you good? (laughs) (laughs) I, I'm just going to cut that out. and just The the pause have twins. Was it two? Anyway, (laughs) So the uh, it was fine. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to be the apathetic one on the podcast, but uh, we need to talk to something. Talk about something I actually care about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the next three are all just Ryan centric because we know how much he loves Halo. Um, <laughs> you see, the season two trailer came out. Uh, I. Learned today that there was a season one of Halo. <laughs> no, don't watch it. <laughs> it's we not said very good. It's not we said good. we were going. We were going to do the Ryan cut of Halo, where when he took the <laughs> helmet off, it's Ryan's face. Because <laughs> didn't you make a comment that you liked <laughs> the Master Chief because you could say that it's you behind the mask? Yeah, and like we said, the- we'll just make the Ryan cut. <laughs> we'll just put his same face, right? Just a, a static picture of his face <laughs> over the main actor the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I did. I liked the appearance of master chief always being concealed because he could be he could be the everyman and it just makes it really easy to insert yourself into that role he's your your kind of your point of view character the one you want to be um the one you are in in the games you you are him um mm-hmm. <laughs> just the, and and i i've i've i don't i when we talked about it last time you when you guys were on the podcast i was like they took his helmet off and he was the derpiest most white bread looking dude you can possibly find and i'm like (laughs) like oh well if you're going to change again if you're going to change something that is a cornerstone of the franchise it better be good 
you better know what you're what you're doing. You know what I mean? And for mm-hmm. for him just yeah, like you said, for him just to be like just some guy, it was like this isn't even like interesting. <laughs> and they keep proving over and over again in shows that you can have a compelling main character and not see what they look like in the Mandalorian in Judge mm-hmm. Dredd. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There there are tons of examples of that, and they just will not learn that lesson because they. Paid for the actor, and God damn it, he's going to show his face. Spider-Man's going to have his mask off for half the damn movie because we paid for that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, hire a cheaper actor. Hire one that was in like an, <laughs> like in a fire accident or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they were the, like 80%. They're, they're still a good actor. You know what I mean? But it's like it would be better. You know, if like, they, like they could employ a, a veteran or something. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. you know, maybe bring that military aspect to mm-hmm. it. See, I I... Like, I know a lot of people didn't like Halo so much because of the um, going away from, like, the lore and the story and all that stuff. But I've played a bunch of Halo games. I I cannot tell you what the story of Halo is other than he shoots aliens. And sometimes the aliens are in space and sometimes they're on Earth. Sometimes Um, you team up with them. Yeah, and sometimes (laughs) Nathan... And sometimes Nathan Fillion's there. Sometimes, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so like that part of it, I was like, this is a neat sci-fi show. I was like, I can see why people would be perturbed by it, but it didn't affect me that much. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to season two. So don't <laughs> worry, Ryan. I will tell you all about it. <laughs> and you can be like, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wrong. I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but. Um, there's other things that I want to watch more than that. Is but. one of them Godzilla Kong New yes. Empire? Yes. <laughs> that looks pretty rad. Feel? Yeah. When are we going to go see this, Luke? Uh, when it comes out. Uh, <laughs> Godzilla, but pink this time. <laughs> I do like the pink. <laughs> he has Jean Grey energy. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was thinking Psylocke. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell the kinesis is pink. <laughs> you know, so so we've got we've got Psylocke, Godzilla, and then again uh, King Kong with Thor's axe, um, <laughs> the magic axe of fighting, King Kong, fighting the the evil orangutan King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a there's a baby Kong in this one. He grows Somehow. up to be evil orangutan King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you think's happening. I do. That's that's... what I think's happening. I think Godzilla and King Kong have to team up against evil orangutan King Kong. Uh, They're not going to fight King Caesar or somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Do we? Do you think we get a Mothra uh, appearance in this one? Yeah, she'll she'll flitter over and heal them like she did last time. (laughs) The the mid battle, pick me up. (laughs) Godzilla's senzu bean. We're we're in 2024. I hope we at some point learn that we want to see the big monsters on screen, not the people they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I don't have any confidence in that. And the, we'll and they it. got and they got rid of the one or the two people that I wanted to see, which was Brian Cranston and Ken Watanabe. I was like, those are like two very compelling. Oh, they're dead. Cool. I'm like, I was like, Brian Cranston died in the first one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And then Ken Watanabe died in the second one. <laughs> But not before he gave us, let them fight, um, <laughs> which is what we were all thinking. Just let them fight, man. <laughs> um, 
I don't know why I, King Kong was buried in making earthquakes. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting plot he, point. <laughs> he needed a nap. Um, <laughs> he had yeah. to. He had to Odin sleep to recharge his yeah. pink energy. I <laughs> journey to the center of the planet of the apes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there it is. Planet of the Apes <laughs> X Kong X Godzilla <laughs> is the next installment. Yeah, I. These movies are, I like them. They're dumb fun. They're not, they're not masterpieces or anything groundbreaking by any means, but I do enjoy the dumb fun of them. And it looks because last time we got the, the King Kong versus Godzilla. And I just think this one's going to be the team up movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the Kaiju Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys have any other thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, I hear that the God- Godzilla minus one movie, which is out in theaters right now, right? Uh, mm-hmm. A limited be, release. It's supposed to be fantastic. So mm. it's uh, maybe I need to go uh, see if that. You need to, if you need some uh, a Godzilla fix, go check that one out. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, another one specifically for you. Mm. Uh, Avatar Last Airbender mm. live action. Dear to my with, heart. With, um, with better casting, I would say no. this time. <laughs> Better casting than what? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about either. Um, <laughs> the my boyfriend still to this day really likes that movie, and also will pronounce Aang's name incorrectly constantly just to irritate me. <laughs> is but, this is this the the Princess Leia Princess Leia yeah, thing? Yeah. <laughs> Princess Leia. Anthony Daniels pronounces it Leah, and I imitated him a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, uh, very excited for this. Uh, still concerned that there's so much drama about creating it that I hope that that didn't interfere with it so much. Because um, with the with the original creators being on board and then off board and then on board and then shenanigans with networks and stuff like that and studios mm-hmm. and all that jazz. So I hope this is really, really good and all of that didn't ruin it. But the trailers look really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they look fun. I really liked mm-hmm. the cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Yes. I actually didn't watch that. I didn't watch the series until maybe last year. Mm. I think it was the first time I sat and watched it. And I watched it with my daughter and she was like, I love it. And then she watches Cora all the time now too but i think maybe the region reason he latched on to the live action one was the reason that i latched on to that ben affleck daredevil movie because that was all i had right it's all i had <laughs> that and the like, trial yeah, yeah. incredible hulk yeah yes yeah. true also i also have that but that's that's what i had that's what defense, i had so that's in defense of the daredevil of the ben affleck daredevil there are cool parts Mm-hmm. There, there, there. There's a, a bunch of cringy scenes that you could just edit out and don't ha- and and don't help. But I, I felt like the way that they portrayed his power was really cool. Mm-hmm. I liked the way that he had to take painkillers every day, and they showed all the scars on him. He was paying a price for being a superhero. That was pretty cool. He also uh, had to beat up mafia guys while Nickelback was playing. So. time. <laughs> <laughs> You, you put your fingers in your ears and watch the fight. The fight isn't actually that that bad itself. No. Uh, but whoever decided to like detach his helmet from the rest of his suit, that person shouldn't be allowed to work in Hollywood anymore. That was a, 
the decision maker, not the prop yeah. maker. The person who was yeah. told to make it made a nice suit, looked cool, mm. but uh, uh, or looked the way it was told. He was told to make it, but make it look who, like okay, a motorcycle, no. a motorcycle outfit with a devil helmet. Yeah, cool. Look, look like if I tweaked his nose, if I flicked his nose, like it would pop Mask right off. Of- yeah, duh. Don't do that. Uh, yeah. Um, so the next one kind of sticking with the animated, uh, stuff li- being turned into live action, uh, the Yu Yu Hakusho, um, live action trailer dropped. I love that anime. Uh, and so seeing it was, see, I, again, I didn't know this, like I had heard rumors about it, but it's been like every five years you heard a rumor that this was going to happen. And they even show it in the trailer. They're like, after 25 years, here is your live action Yu Yu Hakusho show. What's the um, localization name for Yu Yu Hakusho? What's the... Uh, that was... was that Samurai X or was it the other one? No, this... Yeah, this one I've always known as Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, it, might, it might have one, but none like that, ghost not that I'm something. aware of. Doesn't he fight ghosts? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he okay. does. Yeah. Um. So I've never heard of this. So tell me about it. So it's a, basically there's a, the main character kid. He kind of like gets in fights, like not a bully, but he's always just always in trouble. And, uh, he gets hit by a car and dies. And he goes to the spirit realm where he's told that, you know, he can go back to life, but he has to work as a spirit detective. He has to hunt down these, Mm. um, Oh, what do they call them? The basically ghosts, spirits, and stuff like that. And he has a he has a, a botan. She comes with him, and she's kind of like his um, keeps him on task and tells you know helps him get from place to place. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. And then you know it does follow into anime tropes of you know training and learning how to use your powers and tournaments and competitions. But also, it, yeah, it's it's fun. It is you know. 90s um very 90s um but yeah i i enjoy it i i I found the american name uh it was called danny phantom (laughs) 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 i'm just kidding (laughs) danny danny phantom is the name of this episode (laughs) Yeah, I, I watched that one. I like the Fairly Odd Parents too. You guys kind of a weirdo, uh, but yeah, and it, it uh, looks like it's all in uh, Japanese. All the trailers have been Japanese, so mm. that'll be. And again, all the actors also Japanese, so I'm I'm excited to see it. So, yeah, uh, and then the last trailer I had was Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. What do you guys think? They're still making these Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I, <was thinking. laughs> I don't. I don't need any more. Thanks. <laughs> I liked the first one, the first new one, and then the. <laughs> I think. I think when Ryan and I watched this trailer, I said every time I see Planet of the Apes, all I think of is Trevor from Shang Chi. If I could see those monkeys learning to ride horses on the screen, then I could be an actor. <laughs> It's one of my favorite. I was like, Sir Ben Kingsley. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I've never been a huge uh, Planet of the Apes fan. Just like the franchise wise. I liked the one when they did the big reboot with, uh, was it James Franco and John Lithgow? Mm-hmm. That one was good. That one was fun. 
Um, but after that, it was just like, okay, the monkeys are people now. Cool. Apes the monkeys together. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, that is the last uh, bit of uh, the last trailers I had. So let's go through these news stories real quick because I have a top ten list news. that I want to talk to you guys about. News, news. There we go. Uh, so Marvel uh, Black History Month variant covers: Spotlight Captain America, Luke Cage, Rocket Racer, and more. Uh, Marvel Comics is showing up its Black History Month celebration for February 2024 with a new selection of variant covers, including black heroes from across the Marvel Universe and drawn by black artists. Uh, Marvel is now showing off a selection of several more Black History Month covers featuring A-list heroes such as Luke Cage, Sam Wilson, Captain America, as well as several lesser known heroes like Rocket Racer and a still unnamed hypothetical sidekick for Black Panther. Uh, Marvel Marvel also promises more covers to be revealed uh, featuring Miles Morales, Spider-Man and Rocket Racers, fellow skateboarder, Night Thrasher. Worst guy to share a room with. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of Rocket Racer. I was talking about Night Thrasher, but yeah, I yeah. heard of Night Thrasher. <laughs> Night Thrasher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both very cool characters. Rocket Racer is really fun. He's a, mm. he's a goofy uh, Spider-Man villain, but mm. uh, the thing that's cool about him he's is not really is a the, villain, though. He was well. I mean, he was he was. Oh yeah, that's true. Like in yeah. the in his first appearance with Big Wheel, right? Like he wasn't exactly a, a good guy, but he. Uh, um, Certainly became a sympathetic character. Yes, a hundred percent. He was uh, the funny thing about him is that his his gimmick is ridiculous, right? Like he's on a skateboard and he has like jet boots, so he go and he's got rockets on his like little rockets that come out of his gauntlets, and it's like this garish red and red and orange or red and yellow suit. But he takes himself so seriously. <laughs> Like he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, and then the other bad guy in that issue was the big wheel. It's a giant wheel with two mechanical arms. <laughs> and I, I had this issue when I was a kid, and I read it over and over again. I love Rocket Racer. Want nothing but good things for him. So should we get a a, a movie set in the '90s with Rocket Racer, Night Thrasher, and X Man? I'd say late '80s and late make 80s. it a uh, like a soft reboot of Thrashin'. <laughs> yeah, Chris, like you might be old enough to remember Thrashing, right? Yeah. Thrashing, uh, gleaming the cube, I believe, was another one from that era. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I, I'm down. I, I bet if Sony goes and looks far enough down that list, that he's probably in that list. <laughs> On there, wait, we have him. Let's do yeah. it. Do it. Greenlit. <laughs> I don't care. You make it. Um. So next we have uh, Mark Miller's Millar. Is it Miller or Millar? I've never been able to pronounce this correctly, Miller. but we're going to go with Miller. So his uh, Miller World imprint uh, moves publishers to Dark Horse Comics in 2024. Uh, after more than a decade working with Image Comics, Mark Miller's Miller World imprint is moving to a new home. Dark Horse will be picking up the full portfolio of titles and including Kick-Ass, Kingsman, The Magic Order, starting in 2024. Uh, Mark Miller announced on his Twitter earlier saying, huge news, I'm moving the entire Miller World Netflix catalog over to our friends at Dark Horse. That's over 20 franchises, 40 graphic novels, plus five new series we're launching in 2024 and a slew of hardcover hardcover omnibus editions. Stay tuned. And he said there will be uh, full details uh, on March 21st of 2024. So... 
Yeah, interesting. That's, I mean, Dark Horse like keeps being its namesake, right? Where it keeps coming back from the brink of death. <laughs> where it's like, what, what, what properties does it still have? You know, and then it scores Ooh. this. So it's like, that's pretty great um, for them. You know what I mean? Like right. they, I think they said there was going to be like a new Nemesis uh, um, story come out from from that as well. And like, didn't. Uh, didn't he sign like a big contract with like Netflix to make a bunch mm-hmm. of TV shows? Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did Jupiter Rising, Jupiter Ascending, Jupiter. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. They had terrible wigs. Yeah, yeah. I watched the first episode. Uh, yeah, I watched that series. I liked it. They did have terrible wigs. I'll have, I have a. Oh, I'm sorry. If, if Dark Horse is going to be the one who to get that TV money now, or not, mm-hmm. or if it if it still goes to Image or whatever, because mm-hmm. that's when it was signed. Yeah, it just reminds me. I have a buddy that works for Dark Horse. I'll have to get him on here one time. Um, so the live action Spider Noir series hired the Punisher showrunner. Uh, so this is the Amazon's live action Spider-Man noir series is found at showrunner Steve Lightfoot, who previously was the showrunner on the Punisher is now on board. Uh, he currently, the currently untitled show will be set in New York city in the thirties and follow around an older superhero is set in its own universe. The protagonist will not be Peter Parker, Spider-Man, um, uh, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse directors Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are executive producing the project along with Spider-Man producer Amy Pascal. Uh, so they first announced this uh, back in February. Um, it's the second Spider-Man series in the works at Amazon. Silk Spider Society from The Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang uh, will follow Cindy Moon, uh, who's a woman bitten by the same spider that bit Peter. I always, I'll always love Silk when she first got introduced i was like i love this character um but it's uh kind of said as she escapes imprisonment and searches for her missing family on her way to becoming the superhero known as silk i'm more excited for the silk show than spider noir but spider noir in the 30s could absolutely be awesome hmm. yeah do a boardwalk empire but with spider-man right right yeah better be in black and white um and then last bit of news the boys showrunner wants to attempt another comic book series uh that was once called star wars meets game of thrones uh in a recent interview with the hollywood reporter he was asked about his dream project uh and he said saga by brian k vaughn and fiona staples he told the publication uh, he said i'm obsessed with it uh so insane so grounded at the same time said brian and fiona call me uh, and it's, uh, that's not all either. The supernatural creator then took to Twitter and he said, uh, mostly this is my desperate campaign to get Brian K Vaughn and Fiona Staples to let me have the rights to saga. I will treat your baby. Well, um, I remember I, I read a lot at uh, the beginning of saga, but I, it's just one of the ones that fell off. I always enjoyed it though. I loved it. Same. I'm, I skipped that one. Hmm. Uh, I, I ended up reading Sex Criminals instead by Matt also Fraction also solid also yeah. solid. <laughs> Ryan, have you ever read uh, Saga? I, I've not. I remember uh, you and Chelsea talking about it a lot mm. when it was um, coming out, and it sounded very interesting. I just never did pick it up. 
Yeah. No, I I think that would be a I think that one would be a great one. To yeah. if they again if they do it correctly, um, with how much like the different characters and stuff in that like the Lion Cat like pushed itself into pop culture just from the comic book. Like there were T-shirts mm-hmm. at Hot Topic that did really well, and and uh, yeah, I feel like that would that would do really well with someone who mm-hmm. cared about it. Uh, but stop, uh, uh, people need to stop comparing things to Star Wars. This is not one. I remember there was a little movie that came out where they were like, oh, it's the modern Star Wars. And it was the fifth element. And I went and saw that. And it's like one of two movies I ever walked out of the theater where I was like, I still don't understand why you walked out of that movie. I hate that movie. I love that movie. I didn't even ask. It's one of my very favorite movies. (laughs) I can't stand that movie at all. I literally didn't even ask for my money back. I said, I I just Seinfeld swiped at the screen and I went to McDonald's because I was like, I can't, I can't take this. Oh man, nothing has ever um, been the new Star Wars when someone says it's the new Star Wars. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So I have a top ten list here. You guys don't know what's on this top ten list, but it is uh, the greatest sci-fi movies. And I'm I'm gonna get this one out of the way because it's number it, the full list is 32, but I didn't want to go through 32. I'm gonna I'm tell glad you, you guys, restrained yourself. Yes, I'm gonna tell you guys number 11 so you can get it out of the way and the outrage out of the way because number 11 is Star Wars: A New Hope. <laughs> and the best sci-fi what? movies of all time there are 10 yep. better so, movies. So, so, so hold on, hold on, hold on. I have some qualification questions. Is the reason it's number 11 because it's more of a science fantasy and doesn't have real like science fiction-y elements as it holds a mirror up to society and things like that? It's like, with yes. It doesn't have a clear sure. message. Right. It, There's, yeah. That's a good point, Andrew. Because like, I was going to lose my, my shit there. <laughs> Is there right, like, really like what, I want to know what the top 10 are now, because if they if it's more of this sort of thing, if it's if it's something that's Star Wars like that isn't Star Wars, fuck this list. <laughs> right. There are barely 10 better movies than Star Wars and New Hope that have been made by humans. That is it's just impossible. I'm so glad I chose this list. This I'm, is I understand that I am like the basic white guy, you know what I mean? Because Godfather's gonna be at the top of that list, right? You know what I mean? I get that. But also not yeah, a very like, good sci-fi movie though. Not a good sci-fi movie. Yeah. Um all right. So number ten <laughs> is Metropolis from nineteen twenty seven. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Um Number nine is Solaris from 1972. I've not I've seen not the seen classic movie. Solaris. I, wasn't that a Soviet film too? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, I haven't seen Andre, that. One. I, Andre Tarkovsky. I saw the Clooney remake that was boring as fuck. <laughs> terrible. Oh. Yeah. And so, yeah, I remember most of what I knew about Solaris was from the Barlow's Guide to Aliens. The explanation he had about the planet in there with the shapeshifters and stuff. But yeah, that's okay. the uh... <coughs> number eight under the skin. Okay. Uh, that's a pretty good sign. Scarlett Johansson. I read the book. Uh, of that one. That was she good. was a, uh, yeah, an alien disguised as a human woman looking for prey. 
yes, she she essentially worked for an alien abattoir, and she'd go seduce men and then dump them into the abattoir. It's a pretty mm-hmm. decent like psychological horror movie too. A harrowing yep. amount of nudity, however, in this movie. <laughs> that bothers you. Uh, yeah. Oh, I saw, um, I, I saw these. Uh, uh, species. <laughs> yep, same thing. Exactly yeah. the same thing. Um, more style, <laughs> more substance <laughs> than species. Uh, but species had that great Geiger stuff, like the train and mm, stuff. In it, but, yeah, and yeah, Alfred Molina. Yeah. That's a fun yes. one. Yes. Anyway, yeah. It has its money. Uh, Number seven is The Terminator, 1984, the original okay. one. Yeah. Sure. Very much a sci fi movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number six, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not one I typically is think of. Cocoon on this list? <laughs> Luke is cocoon on this it's list. Not in the top, it's not in the top 10. It is not in the top 10. The best is when they're. When they're when they're all, uh, they've been through the pool, and then he's yep. like, I have a boner right now. And the other guy's like, yeah, cat couldn't scratch it. I mean, like some so, so Hollywood your, writing there. Your just... favorite part of that heartwarming movie about old people is when they talk about their junk? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so... Steve Gutenberg, man. Can't have a good, good uh... sci-fi movie without the goot in it. <laughs> The goot. Good old goot. Uh, <laughs> what were you going to say about Close Encounters, Andrew? <laughs> That's one I typically forget. Danny, I know. So the yeah. episode name is Danny Phantom and the Goot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So number five on the list is the only animated one in the top ten. What do you guys think it is? Titan AE. Oh, oh, it is not. Um, it is not deep cut. It, that I that I think was the first DVD I owned personally. I yeah. bought yeah. Um, Treasure Island. What was that? Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. Okay, so, yeah. so my my guess, true. my guess is um, Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Oh uh, no, Miyazaki. Oh, no. Uh, no, it is an anime though. Oh, okay, uh, Akira. It is Akira. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Akira should, yeah, certainly. Is it sci-fi? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, do, yeah. Like, you know what it's about. Nobody who's watched the movie has any idea what that movie is about. That is, it is, it is gorgeous. It's beautiful. And like the idea of like the, someone creating it. Does it make any sort of sense? Could I tell you that it's not a heartwarming drama? That's listen, about... listen. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's about, about the leader the of a biker made along the way. Yeah, it's right. a, the leader of a biker gang in a dystopian version of Tokyo in the year 2019, when his childhood friend uh, gains telekinetic powers after a motorcycle accident involving a secret government project and threatens to destabilize the military rule of the city. Only Kaneda and his gang can help. That's what it's about. They made that shit up afterwards. (laughs) They made the movie and then they wrote that. They were like, "Ah, ignoring the comic that came first. But yeah. (laughs) All right. Number four. We spoke about it earlier. The Matrix. Coon. Oh. (laughs) This is one of my very favorite movies. The Matrix is so good. It is. It is absolutely. And I don't know. Was it? Andrew, were, were we the ones who were talking about it? Where I, I, I read something recently that made the Matrix makes a, a whole bunch more sense. Um, cause in the movie, in the theatrical release, the argument that 
why the why the robots are keeping the humans is to use them as batteries, mm-hmm. which is a bad idea because cows would be a better idea. If you're just talking about BTUs being generated by a body, mm-hmm. cows are a better thing. And so the Matrix could have just created a pasture that all of the cows could have eaten in all day, this cow paradise. They wouldn't have rejected it or anything like that. That would have been fine. But apparently the original idea from the people who actually wrote the movie, allegedly, uh, was that these people were being used as CPUs, not as uh, so that they could have the the processing power of a human. Mm. I was like, ah, now you need a person, and that's what <laughs> makes sense when that the that the programs start becoming alive because they're being run on human wetware, basically, right? And so <laughs> that that. Uh, that was always a plot hole that bugged me in, in those movies where it was, and it's the whole movie is so damn cool. That doesn't matter. Most, all the, mm-hmm. all the plot holes, but that's also why Neo is the one is because his brain runs the code better than everyone mm-hmm. else because he's just, Oh, I don't have my, his, his throughput of the processing is so fast. That's why he's so much faster and looks like he can predict everything else as everybody's doing is because he is closer to the code. He's in a, in a lower layer to the code than everyone else is. Hmm. And that also makes the having to wake up society to it makes more sense because everyone who is part of the prison at that point is also building the prison at the same time. And so it is like, oh, we need to wake people up at us. And I mean, you get to that storyline anyway, but I think it's a stronger connection if if there's that small change made. And uh, the rest of my evidence that they have no idea what the movie was supposed to be about is that the next two movies had nothing to do with the first one. <laughs> um, so number three on the list is Blade Runner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, there, you could put a lot of Philip Day, different Philip K. Dick movies in there. Uh, Blade Runner is certainly the most notable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Total Recall is another one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not a very good adaptation of the book, but the, uh, right. yeah. Uh, but Blade Runner really should be remembered less for its storytelling and more for its pioneering special effects, because mm-hmm. that's really what it's known for. The movie's boring <laughs> and it's very slow. And I had a friend come to me after watching it and he's just like, hey, man. It's boring, right? Like, <laughs> yes. He's like, the internet loves this movie. I'm like, yes, they do. What do they love about it? Well, it's the pioneering special effects, and it's got a cool look to it that influenced everything that came after it, certainly. But yes, it's a very slow, ponderous sci-fi movie. And it's not really well explained, because are they robots? No, they're not robots, right? They're they're bio people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it's not very well explained in the movies what mm-hmm. what exactly we're dealing with with the replicants, and so I don't know. I don't know how many different cuts of that movie I've seen, and not one of them has a decent enough explanation. In mm-hmm. <laughs> it uh, is one okay. you have to watch like an opera. You clear your mm-hmm. if you're a science fiction fan, it's important to see it so that you get all of the references and everything else that ever came after it. So you go with your. Elizabethan collar on and you get a cane so you can tap it on the ground every time something cool happens (laughs) and you clear your schedule, you know, and, and watch Mm -hmm. it and really watch it. And then it's a thing you have seen. All right. Number two, 
Alien. Ridley Scott, mm. 1979. Yeah. Truck Truckers in space. Truckers in space. <laughs> I like uh, the idea that working class jobs don't disappear just because you're in outer space. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, smart, uh, uh, no one listens to Smart Lady and everyone uh, dies except for Smart Lady and her cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, the best cat in space. Um, uh, number number one is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Damn it. <laughs> I, over my table. I don't think I put it that high on the list. It's a, uh-huh. it's a good important I don't think movie. so, Luke. But it's not, yeah, I don't know. Uh, not down with the Kubricks? <laughs> I, I certainly am, but I don't know. Uh, his sci-fi always, it's never done it for me. I feel like, ah, I, I don't feel like I was the target audience of that movie, right? Like he didn't make mm-hmm. that movie for people outside of that generation that received it. I don't know. I had I've always had a hard time connecting with uh, that movie in particular. Mm-hmm. I can imagine for boomers when that movie came out and it completely blew their fucking mind mm. like with the special effects. Like they, uh, Apple used that movie or Samsung used that movie in their Apple lawsuit to say, "Look, in 1968, there was a movie where people had iPads. There's no way that you could say." that the technology Apple was trying to say nobody had ever thought of this before. And they were like, fuck you. It was in this movie. You know what I mean? Star Trek. Also Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Also Star Trek. No, but, no, but I mean, but I'm saying in 1968, yeah. they had, iPad, yeah. they had fictional iPads. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There was nothing there that was like that. They were, that nobody had ever thought of before, but those scenes where like they're walking on the wall and stuff. And, uh, but you, uh, you watch that movie and then you get to the scene where it's just the colors changing over the, uh, over the horizon of the planet and it is like oh c- you're just doing this as a joke now like you're seeing how long i, I mean i understand it's a very 60s psychedelic uh thing that you did in movies and nobody had really done that in a movie before so again it really blew people's minds so uh this is one of those things that needs to be appreciated as a pioneer mm. and quietly you know you can you can yeah it, when you're going through your art film phase Go check it out and be like, oh, really wonderful. And, and I, I think another one that's kind of in there, uh, like another sci-fi movie that did a lot of things, but now it's just been done so many times that it kind of, if you didn't watch it when it uh, came out, would be the first Dune movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm pretty disappointed that they didn't have very many 50s sci-fi movies where's the day the earth stood i was, still? Gonna, I was honestly gonna think that they shot way back for metropolis <laughs> and then skipped everything <laughs> else <laughs> right i love the day the earth black stood and white one Classic. um i uh so looking at some of these other ones uh the because there's 32 on this list number 32 is the fifth element which i love that movie <laughs> Hey, Chris. Um, you're, you're getting down to the point where there's not that many other movies, right? Down to right, 30. Right. You're wait, wait, to... You want to know what's at 30? Mm. Blade. Like the vampire? <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> it's not even the second one? No, <laughs> the just, second just one's just... more of a science fiction movie. You got number, 20, number 25 is 12 Monkeys. 
Mm. Okay. How about um, Ex Machina? Is that on the list? Number 22. Okay. Ex Machina. Yep. Uh, the list. Where's E.T.? Nope. Nope is number 21. Okay. Uh, Avatar is number 20. The Predator's on here, number 19. Mm. That's such a good Is uh, Batteries not included on the list? Oh. Uh, not that I see. It's a cute movie. Um, d- uh, the new Dune is on the list at number 18. Mm. Uh, Gravity. Ryan, you know my feeling about this movie. <laughs> yeah, Anxiety um, the movie. Uh, <laughs> Pearson couldn't get through the trailer of that movie. She's like, number one irrational fear is floating away in space. <laughs> so, no. Uh, the Arrival uh, oh, is I number like 16. Uh, E.T.'s number 15. Mm. Blade Runner 2049 is on there at 14. Why is that even uh, on the list? I was going to say, did somebody pay for that? Like, that's... <laughs> This it's the guy. Who it wasn't even the best sci-fi movie that came out that right. year. <laughs> yeah. uh, we do the have another who movie uh, who made this list. Okay, we have another anime on here. What? What do you? What, it's at number thirteen. What do you think it would be? All right, I need to think about this for a second. Oh, it's probably like Cowboy Bebop or something. No, though that no. is a great show. Uh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, again, with these enemies that you have no idea what happened through the whole movie. Oh, come on. I know exactly what's happening when we take a break in the middle of the movie to watch the funeral procession for 13 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Who are these guys? It's obviously obviously a cyborg who works in anti-cybercrime law enforcement (laughs) and who is tasked with hunting down a mysterious hacker known as Puppet Master. Everyone knows this. Everyone. It's so obvious. I'm such an idiot. I'm watching these things and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't understand. Again, beautiful. So breathtaking, the artwork. Like, you can watch any frame of that movie and it's Mm -hmm. this gorgeous painting. And you're done with it. And I, I don't know. What happened? <laughs> I don't know who I'm rooting for. Uh, where's Killer Clowns in, from Outer Space on that? Mm. Not, not on the list, but we're up to number 12 right before Star Wars is the Planet of the, of the Apes. Oh. Play, Planet of the Apes, 1968. The yep. Damn. Is, is Alita Battle Angel on the list? No, Alita Battle Angel is not on the list. I did like that, though. Um, yeah, you know, Planet of the Apes, where they taught monkeys how to ride horses. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that is such a good twist in that movie, though. And to think about movies before that movie came out, like I, that movie, like produced M. Night Shyamalan out of midichlorians and the Force, right? He was not. <laughs> he, wasn't born. There, he was. He, he, he came into existence when the when the plot twist at the end of that he just formed in one of those bubbles, like in the Terminator. <laughs> And then he went forth and, and made awesome. one good movie. <laughs> yeah. And he made one good movie, and he's apparently a really nice guy, so he they let him make a bunch of other ones when they shouldn't have. Oh, man. Where's Wally on the list? Or Tron? Yeah. He's not on the list. Tron. <laughs> should be on there. Sunshine. It should be on there. Johnny mm-hmm. Mnemonic. I did, I did like Sunshine. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic needs, like, more love. <laughs> what about, what about uh, Equilibrium? Oh tank my girl. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Equilibrium and Tank Girl. If you have not seen either of those movies, uh, do it this way. How about The Cell? Mm. That's a good one. That's, That's a very a stylish one. sci-fi movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, now that we're uh, oh, how about over Forbidden Planet, dude? Yeah, come mm. on, man. This mm-hmm. this list no, sucks. Bro, what, Luke, uh, you Robbie, feel that. Robbie the no, robot. No, Luke, Luke, take a lap. <laughs> God damn it! This, lap, this list was fucking terrible. That's it. Take a lap. <laughs> As Please I wait. go through the top ten, and he was like, "Okay, yeah, uh huh, okay." Gets to the end. Bullshit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> The whole thing was bullshit. Uh, but uh, that's that's all I had for the uh, the the episode this week. Was there anything you guys wanted to talk about before we wrap this up? Uh, I read comics. <laughs> yeah, what's so comics I prepared for this. Chris, did you read comics? I did. All right. I have a couple of them to plug. Yeah, you Let's go ahead. do it. I read this week Marvel, Marvel Zombies. Zombies. So, hold on. Hold that back up again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Peach Momoko cover. Uh, Why is the flash on it? Right? I will fight you. (laughs) Such a daring take. Fucking fight you. uh, Our pal Doug Wagner wrote a story in here. First Marvel work, I'm told. Um, And it's a terrific X-Force story where uh, Warpath has been bit by a zombie and uh, decides to use his last moments of sanity to take out the cable zombie and it's a terrific story featuring uh my favorite era of x-force so nice yeah uh love to see it and uh i also read this week the howard the duck 50th anniversary special Mm. which they've been getting my letters apparently (laughs) Uh, because howard the duck ends up a mutant due to the actions of proteus uh, gets war- reality warped into being a mutant, and then he joins the X-Men, but he sucks, so they send him down to the New Mutants where he becomes their leader and teaches them to stand up to bullies at the mall. It is fantastic. Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, I loved everything about it, and it features one of my new favorite panels in all of comics. Uh, Howard freaks out uh, on the last page. And his head splits open to reveal that he is a robot powered by a smaller duck. (laughs) I love everything about this. And uh, Chris, if you ever find this page for sale, you let me know immediately. (laughs) Uh, This one or uh, from the New Mutants story. Yeah, this goes to everyone in the audience. You just let me know and I will buy it. But it's like (laughs) this one where they like, He's hanging out with the new mutants at the mall and he like encourages Danny Moonstar to pick on the bullies. Nightmares come to life. Yeah. It turns out they're just really afraid of public speaking. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I read this week. What did you read this week, Chris? Nice. What did I read this week? I love backing Kickstarter campaigns because you'll get uh, all of a sudden a, something in the mail and it's kind of like a christmas all year long right and so a lot of times i'll even forget that i have back uh back something but this one came this week this is the issue number one of blighted dawn the cursed verse 
and this is by Mark uh, Sparacio and uh, Gerardo Gambone and Dan Parsons. Um, I met Mark Sparacio, who did the cover here. We met him when we were at uh, Denver, the Denver Comic Con, back when it was still the pop culture classroom. And uh, he is one of the nicest guys working in comics. He was so much fun to talk to. Uh, uh, his artwork that he does is... Uh, 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 wet on dry watercolors. So all yeah. of his stuff looks like this. He did a lot of um, uh, uh, Vampirella covers and stuff like that, that, that he works on. But uh, he does this really cool thing when you go to the con. He has prints of uh, images that he's done. And then he will do like a watercolor on top of the print that you get. So it's still a one of a kind piece of art, <laughs> but it's not as expensive as if you needed to get like a uh, something custom made. So what the book is about, it's a, uh, it's like a shared universe with a set of creators that they, uh, that they've created. And it's, uh, they wanted to make a comic book universe that happened before Superman. So talking about world war two, uh, uh, before world war two mm -hmm. era, um, uh, zombies, uh, witches, giant robots, pulp action heroes and, and monster I'm, hunters. I'm, so. I'm all about that. Yeah. I love me some pulp stuff. Yeah. So if you get this is uh, if you go down to your local comic shop and ask for DEC two three one two zero six, that's the number in previews. It comes out in January. I got mine early because I backed the Kickstarter, but good old Mark uh, support that book. And then I wanted to plug uh, Gideon Falls. Have you guys read uh, this mm -hmm. comic? So Gideon Falls. This uh, read you the back of the book here tells a an other world. Uh, it it's um, the legend of the Black Barn. Uh, tells of an otherworldly building that has appeared and reappeared throughout history, bringing death and madness in its wake. Now its mystery ensnares and entwines the lives of two very different men. One, a young recluse obsessed with finding hidden clues within the city's trash. The other, a washed-up Catholic priest finding his place in a small town that hides dark secrets. Neither of them are prepared for what is inside the black barn. And so... There's this video game that came out, uh, Alan Wake 2 came out mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, and I don't buy things for myself before Christmas because I leave things for people to buy me for Christmas. I am dying to play that game. Mm -hmm. And uh, this fits into that sort of universe where there is a, uh, there's this guy in New York, he goes through people's trash, and he ends up finding all these he looks like he's crazy, but he actually ends up finding all of the pieces to this door to a barn. And when he assembles all of it, the barn appears and something very bad happened in that barn many, many years ago. Mm. And so it has a little bit of like, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Cosmic horror. Uh, it has a lot of, uh, um, kind of twin peaksy. It kind of kind sounds of twin like peaksy. Mm. you're figuring out murders. You're it's a small town where everybody knows each other and you start to learn mm. about their dark secrets as people, uh, you know, like you get to this small town and they're like, don't talk about the black barn. It's a big urban legend thing. So very cool. The artwork is in, uh, in service of the story, right? Like it, it it's, not my favorite, but it does, uh, uh, it does tell the story, which is, which mm -hmm. is great. It was something a little bit, it's, it's not my favorite kind, but I, but I do love the story enough that, and then you get into it, right? Like, it's not that you look at it and like, I hate this. Uh, at first I'm like, Oh, I, I, this isn't my favorite kind of artwork, but it does end up servicing the, the horror of the story. And there are many volumes of this. I've got the first two. And so I was reading these, uh, to sort of placate my, wanting to play 
uh, Alan Wake. <laughs> I could probably start picking up Control again and play that mm-hmm. one, any any of the Remedy games right now, and mm-hmm. kind of get with that. Uh, oh, it's by um, Jeff Lemire and uh, Andrea uh, Sorrento and Dave Stewart. Cool. Yeah. Um, the only stuff that I have been reading this week is I've been reading one of these here backwards comic books. It's it's Dragon Ball, uh, and it's the it's Dragon Ball Super, and it's just I've. I'm still at the part where I've seen the anime already. So now it's just kind of going through and reading and seeing what's different, what they left out, what they changed from, from the original stuff. But for the most part, they're pretty, pretty accurate with it. Um, minus the filler episodes. Um, but yeah, that, and, um, this one that I'll, I'll, I'll do a review on later, you know, this, this here ruthless comic from, from a couple gentlemen. That, oh, uh, sure. that I know. <laughs> I, I cannot wait to do my review on it and watch you guys just melt and just slide down and then like, <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> are you reading, are you reading Ruthless? I am. Okay. I, did, I was debating on which one I was going to start first, but I'll start Ruthless with you then. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. And then we just mute their mic so they can't say anything and they just have to listen to the praise. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so much uh, but, better now that it's colored and relettered. <laughs> well, then I'll read it again when it's colored and relettered. Ha, that's how we get you. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're the uh, George Lucas of comic books. We're just going to keep selling you the same, same special books. edition every yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> we, had the, we didn't have the technology to make the comic that we wanted at the time, so we did it again. <laughs> Listen, at least you can do that, and it's not just Skyrim where they just re-release the exact same thing. There's that's no true. change. um but yeah ryan did you have anything you want to talk about um i have this it is justice Justice league versus godzilla versus king kong (laughs) because because we're in that kind of world and it's great fun the cover is really cool um it's just a Mm. lot of uh a lot of things happening going on um (laughs) but this is issue one um i don't know how many are coming out um I think but, two have come out. Is it two? Yeah, uh-huh. I have two issues at any rate. Hmm. That's but it's cool. it's fun. Um, I <laughs> there's been a lot. There's just it's it's a it's a new golden age of of, of Godzilla and Kong because um, there's like Power Rangers had a Godzilla crossover recently that I enjoyed, <laughs> um, and this one I'm, I'm sure it will be. It, 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 the first issues is it's just fun. <laughs> Just you know what? Fun. <laughs> maybe maybe next week we will come up with uh we'll each put together our like top five crossover comics <laughs> of all time. Um and I, I'm I'm not gonna put this one on my list, but I do want to throw it out there. There's the uh, the Green Lantern Star Trek. I was gonna say the X Men Star Trek. <laughs> no, no, that one's on that the list. Not- <laughs> Yeah. So Planet so, X or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So so put your thinking caps on for next week for that. And listeners, <laughs> you'll have something interesting to listen to. But um yeah, thanks for listening. Um you can find us over on X, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at the Nerd Dome, Nerd Dome Podcast. We're all over the place. Um you guys go ahead and plug your 
Go Chris, plug the whatnot. Plug the things and all the things. Yeah, whatnot. uh, Validity Studios, Monday night, come and join us uh, where I am doing live drawing and uh, answering any sort of questions that people have for uh, publishing indie comics uh, or... I started getting questions this week about how, how to keep your art career going, and I told people, if you figure it out, tell me, because <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, and if uh, for updates of where we're uh, doing those sorts of events and this show uh, on Instagram, Validity Studios, and on uh, TikTok, uh, also Validity Studios, where I put the time lapses for the uh, art that uh, goes off on Monday nights. It also, I also figured out how to connect it to Facebook Live. So if Facebook Live is easier for you to jump onto or Twitch, those will also be there. We're, we're all, are like the octopus's tentacles that we are reaching all, <laughs> all the different uh, uh, corners of the internet for your eyeballs. <laughs> Thank all you right. for that imagery of tentacles and eyeballs. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Leave him wanting more. That's what he's going to be drawing on the next uh, just tentacles and eyeballs. Oh, right. (laughs) Right up my alley. I'm going to eat the hell out of that. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Ryan? Don't forget to subscribe. You may now exit the dome. Fuck responsibility. (laughs) I could see the whole time. I I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. I'm getting you a t-shirt that says, I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. There's no (laughs) wrong way to end a podcast. No. And we found it, though. (laughs) Weird. Bye, everybody. uh, Oh, bye. No, wait. No, oh, God. Yeah, no. (laughs) I told you I didn't know what to say. Bye. Bye.